know what time it is. It's that hookah talk. <sighs> yeah, baby, we back. This is episode three. Got my homeboy, Eddie Nyson. Mm-hmm. He came back from Canada not too long ago. Been waiting to do this for a long time. Came back from north of the wall. Yes, came back from north of the wall. And uh, today, today's topic, we're just going to go over... Eddie's favorite fandom, which is Game of Thrones. We should have the music playing. Yeah. So we're just gonna do, you know, have a, you know, nice conversation about it. You know, some questions and and uh, should be a good time. So hopefully you guys enjoy this. Especially you guys in the nerd shack. That's all who basically listens to this, anyways. This is for you guys. So let's start off with some questions for Game of Thrones. Um, have you read the books? Uh, I've read them three times, but my memory's not the greatest, so now I'm reading it the fourth time to refresh. How many books are there? Uh, so far, there's five. Two more yet to be released. And, I mean, every time he says there's an update, I don't believe it, because the last one came out in 2011, so... Mm-hmm. And... Uh... Which book is your favorite? Out of the five, I'd say the third one, which is A Storm of Swords, because that's, if you watch the show, that's when season three and four take place in that one book. Okay. Um, Do you like the, the show better or the books better? I mean, to be honest, I, I like them both. I love that. I started off with the show first. But then, you know, I wanted more. So I was reading the books. And because I already had the visual of the characters, it was easy to see them in the book setting. And then yeah. I just fell in love with the books. So I would say the books slightly better. Okay. Nice. Um, and uh, when it comes to the, the characters, who would you say is your favorite character? Because there's a lot of characters oh, in Game yeah. of Thrones. But my favorite character... Always has been, always will be, Khal Drogo. Khal Drogo. Why Khal Drogo? I I love this character. It was just it was rugged and like he's like the alpha male of a tribe of alpha males. And then to be honest, one thing I love is usually characters like that. Whenever something happens to them, like you know they they uh, they have a woman or they have like a son or so, something happens. And then they have this dramatic change where everyone starts hating them because, you know, they're not the leader that they used to be. But he stayed through and through. This character, you know, with his wife mm-hmm. and his uh, unborn child, like, he was just alpha through and through. So he's, he's stuck to, like, how he was introduced to, you know, mm-hmm. when he was gone. Let's speculate a little bit. Do you think if Khal Drogo didn't die and... You know, and their what is the what is their army called again? The Dothraki. The the Dothraki, the Dothraki were full strength, and they were with Daenerys. Do you think they would have? Do you think she would have definitely had a better chance at winning everything? Uh, you mean like conquering Westeros? Yeah. Um, I think you know what I think they would have been. They would have got pretty far. However. Because, you know, as we see in season eight, was it? Season seven, eight? Mm-hmm. When uh, 
when the Dothraki met the Lannister army. However, they were ambushed, but but still, they were no match. No match for Dothraki on horseback. And uh, even across the Narrow Sea, you know, they were feared. Mm-hmm. So nobody messed with the Dothraki. Mm-hmm. But uh, in Westeros, I think they, they probably eventually would have been stopped. Mm-hmm. You know, because you had one threat. And at the time, the realm was at peace when Robert Baratheon was king. So, you know, if the united forces of Westeros stood against Khal Drogo and his full Khalasar, I think eventually they would have stopped, but it probably would have cost the realm plenty of casualties. Okay. Excellent. Excellent answer, Eddie. Nice one. Um, now, what, which character do you hate to love? Um... He's such a great character. He or she's a great character, but you just hate them. But you still love them at Who, the same time. The, the one character I would say, like, you know, I guess, I guess, in the sense that you're supposed to hate, like, did like kind of despise. Mm-hmm. I'd say Liza Aaron. Mm-hmm. So, uh, Catelyn's sister, Sansa's aunt. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. The one you know, we know Crazy. happened with her. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'd say so because um, she, like, she sold that that role she sold that character of that everyone has that one like aunt or family member that you know you're like hi aunt so and so that you kind of don't want to see because you know they always start problems or they bring gossip that's kind of what I think she is but because you know she had the entire veil of Aaron like under her basically it's it's kind of like when Joffrey was king so when Joffrey was king you gave unlimited power to a what 13 year old so you put her in charge and she's not all there. So, you know, yeah. I, I love to hate her because she sold the role of, of that despicable act. Kind of. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Um, now, everyone knows that, like, you know, the ending, the way that, you know, both the directors, um, what are their names again? Uh, D.B. Weiss and David Benio. Yeah, yeah, those guys. Um, how would you have ended it well to be honest I would go back before season uh, 8 what I what I think what should have happened is uh, a few a couple things so with Bran you know we had this whole build up of Bran being the key to everything what I think should have been is it should have had flashbacks of either Bran or the three eyed raven trying to prevent the night king from returning so then we would have seen him whispering to uh, the Mad King. Mm-hmm. Because, you know, they've said that the Mad King, when he was younger, he, he was like Rhaegar, which everyone loves. Mm-hmm. And then a couple of years later, he started hearing voices. He started being suspicious of everyone. And it almost came out of nowhere. So, um, so it could have showed that, you know, say Bran was trying to convince him to burn them all, meaning the White Walkers. However, you know, he he didn't know how to take that. So it kind of became like a Hodor situation where he just went crazy and started seeing enemies everywhere. So I think we should have had that. And then what I think we should have happened was um, the Night King just, you know, he was cursed. So Mm -hmm. he wanted to die because, you know, he's been alive for, I don't know how long. He didn't even know how to kill himself. So I think what they should have done is have him ultimately try and kill Bran, but, you know, make the motive a little bit different. Mm-hmm. And I think after the whole battle with uh, the the 
White Walkers, which should have been a lot grander. And uh, taking Cersei and reclaiming the Iron Throne, I think, somehow, I think it should have been later on established by now that Danny should have had a son. And that Danny either would have died in childbirth the way her mom died with her. Mm -hmm. And then with the two remaining dragons, I think Jon should have been the next Aegon Targaryen on the throne. Mm -hmm. Two dragons at his side and the new baby Targaryen. Mm. This is how I think it should have, you know, after after everything. Okay. But but definitely, you know, I've I've had ways of how to end it, but I'd have to go much more in depth. Well, ultimately, that is how I'd probably end it with John on the throne. He didn't want it. He didn't want it. I don't I, want it. I don't want it. I never want it. I never want it. I'm just a bastard. I'm just a bastard. <laughs> Which he never was. Spoiler alert. <laughs> Nice. Um, what were your thoughts on Robert Baratheon? I loved, loved that character. Me too. I loved it. Yeah, yeah, I feel like, I feel like he's the he's the guy at the office that uh, that everyone you know remembers as annoying, but then when he's there, his presence is just like, man, I want to be around this guy. I love him. Yeah. I love. He brought such such an atmosphere to the show. Yeah, he did. I even like the actor too. The actor played it really oh, well. Oh yeah. You know what? When I first when I first saw that he was playing Robert Baratheon, I'm like, man, I don't know. He was like, you know, you saw him as like Fred Flintstone yeah, yeah, and so that's on. What he did. And then you just see him in this and you're like, alright, he killed Robert Baratheon. He killed, yeah. he murdered that role. In a good way. Yeah. And <laughs> and he was really funny too. Like oh, yeah. I'm sure like he, he was like oh, yeah. funny in the books too. Um uh, the slight character different. I mean, he's kind of the same in the books. However, he's he's a little more. Um, I'd say he's about the same humor. However, he's more. Um, uh, how would I put this? Like, he he doesn't like to be told what to do. Yeah, yeah. So when Ned tries to give him counsel, mm-hmm. or Cersei tries to calm him down, you see why you know John Aaron was a good hand, but Robert was a terrible king. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Um, let's see here. Game of Thrones. Um, what was your favorite season? For me, I kind of, I, 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 I love season one. Yeah? Yeah, I love season one. I like how they brought it all together and like told you, kind of like the backstory with like, and there's a lot of like symbolism. Oh, yeah. And, yeah. and like in the beginning, like, when you're like a first time watching it, like you don't get like you know, of course, the yeah. symbolism with like yeah. the the dire wolf, and you know, and then the and the uh, stag, and the stag, yeah. and the stag, you know, they both like die. Oh yeah, and stuff like that. That's like all like symbolism that came into it. Yeah, and, definitely. Even um, even uh, a little trivia from the books where you know, because each Stark child has. Dire Wolf and also Jon Snow, but um, but uh, Ned, everyone tells him that you know he doesn't really believe in signs and symbols. But after he he put down Lady, which was Sansa's Dire Wolf, he reflected on you know he's like if if the gods did send down these animals for his children, then what did he do? And and you know killing Lady, 
Yeah. Like, did he? Did he damn Senza? And I mean, you know, with with George R. R. Martin, the way he he does it, he doesn't ever give you a full out answer. He leaves it to you, whether it's fate or whether it's you know it's just coincidence. But we saw how Senza went off mm-hmm. versus the other Stark children. You know, like each direwolf kind of accompanied. Like their fate was with the Stark Joe. Yeah. So with Sansa's wolf gone, you know, we saw how they took advantage of. Yeah, that's true. Um, I talked to Chris about like Star Wars, like in the past episode, where like I asked him, like, you know, what is it, what is like the Star Wars theme? Like, where did George Lucas come up with like like the Senate and like he all, he came he's, he's basically based off like the Roman Empire. How like you yeah. know, kind of. Like, reflects that and how we got like you know the story kind of like based on like stuff like that what would you say game of thrones mimics like whether it's like a time in history or something like that well i would say i i've watched certain like a lot of interviews with uh george r, r. martin the author and uh, so what what he said from childhood you know he used to live in i think it was the bronx correct me if i'm wrong i think it was the bronx where he used to live by by the port and he had a he had an atlas book Mm-hmm. And he said, you know, there were flags of all these countries and areas and regions. And he used to imagine what they would look like. And he's like, because this was before the age of the Internet where you could just search up. Yeah, yeah. So, you know, and he's like, we never travel. He was kind of poor. So, so you know, he'd always have to imagine. And then when he when he started reading uh, Tolkien, he was mm-hmm. very inspired by Tolkien. Mm-hmm. And definitely, he's he said he's gotten inspiration, especially from... Uh, medieval England so you know like the Starks and the, and the Lannisters he modeled after the Yorks and the Lancasters and mm. so on okay yeah that makes a lot of sense thinking of it oh yeah I mean, if you you know especially if you read the War of the Roses you, you'll start to see you know the similarities mm-hmm. um how much do you know of like what happens like before you know Game of Thrones like like the TV show and the books like what do you know about like the history um, I've I've looked up here and there, and then plus I'm I'm almost done. Uh, uh, the Fire and Blood, part of Volume One, mm. the history of the Targaryens and Aegon Targaryen. Mm-hmm. Um, I wouldn't say extensively, but you know, a, a little bit here mm-hmm. and there. Okay. But uh, it's it's you know what? It's a good read. It's just I I prefer the main story to that. Because this one's kind of... It's kind of like a history book on history that never happened. Mm-hmm. But uh, still a good read. Still a good read. George R. R. Martin always, you know, he knows how to write. Would you say it uh, kind of like Fire and Blood kind of mimics... Not mimics, but like... Kind of like the uh, the Cimmerillion to like Tolkien like in, their, in his lore and like how it all started with him. And like with the story of like Lord of the Rings and... Um, sort of. Well, with the, with the Cimmerillion... That was that was a confusing book because you know names change and places change, but uh, but great. I mean, I I read that over twice and I, I loved it because uh, I'd say Tolkien has this charm that just like in his writing reflects mm-hmm. how the man would probably be, and and it just sucks you into his writing. Mm-hmm. Whereas George R. R. Martin, I feel like you know he he almost tries to make it seem as if it was actual history. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, and then, yeah. you know, when you read up on history, it kind of does get boring at times. So mm-hmm. you got have to kind of power through it. Just like with uh, with the main uh, books. So book two, or sorry, book four, 
uh, Feast for the Crows was kind of the aftermath of book three. Yeah. So, you know, it was, it was the aftermath of book three and the build up of book five. So mm-hmm. you kind of had to bear with what was going on. So I'd say that was probably the most boring book out of the five that he's, he's released. Mm-hmm. So I'd say, you know, overall his, his writing is great, but, mm-hmm. but there are certain things that you do kind of have to power through. And just because, you know, it's, it's necessary to have those stories. However, you know, just like when you're watching a show or a movie, there are certain parts that are just not as action-packed or appealing as mm-hmm. the climax, let's say. Um, what would you say is your favorite character uh, um, from each of the houses? Like Stark, Lannister, Tyrell, oh, um, all of them. Like what would you say from each one? So... Let's start with House Stark. House Stark would definitely be uh, Ned. Uh-huh. Me too. Yeah, definitely. I love Ned, dude. You know, he's he's very, you know, everyone knows him as Ned, the Honorable. Yeah. But, uh, but there's so much more to him. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Like, uh, for instance, you know, being Honorable, he, he tried his best not to lie and live an honest life. But then, you know, you see things like when they had the flashback of when he fought uh, Sir Arthur Dean. Mm. And uh, Bran said, yeah, you know, father beat him. I heard the story a thousand times. Yeah. And then we see that Jojen Reed, Samira and... Uh, I forgot what the brother's name is. How, uh, no, Howland Reed, sorry. Yeah, yeah. Jojen and Mira's father. So he stabbed him in the back. Yeah. And that was the part that Ned omitted from the story. Mm-hmm. So, you know, you, you have certain aspects of Ned that aren't so honorable. Yeah. But they don't, you know, out, outweigh everything else. Mm-hmm. Um... Lannister, I would definitely, definitely say Tywin. Oh yeah, he was a very good yeah. villain. Oh man, you know what? That's that's the thing. It's broadly painted that he's a villain, but yeah. when you look at it, he, he wasn't like a conqueror or anything. He he did what he did for his legacy. So in peaceful times, he he make himself known as the hand. In war times, he did everything he could for the mm-hmm. for the better of his house. So it's easy to paint him as, as a tyrant or a, or a villain. But when you break it down, you know, like who wouldn't want the the, the glory of their house? Mm-hmm. So I think kind of misunderstood a little bit. Yeah. Um, Tyrell, definitely, definitely. Olena. Oh yeah, she was a gangster. 100%. 100%. And you know what? In, in the books, uh, difference in the books, she's... She's, she's still kind of funny, but she's more dry, just, you know, like, like a, a get out of my face kind of thing. Whereas mm-hmm. in the show, you know, she just throws shade at everybody. Um, house, house Aaron, it's hard to say because, you know, there's only like one kid. Mm-hmm. Um, house Martel Oberyn. Oh, yeah. Definitely like Prince Oberyn. The Mandalorian. <laughs> the oh, Mandalorian. <laughs> yeah, right? <laughs> I, you know what? I didn't know that that was him until the last episode. You're crazy, bro. Yeah, I, I, someone's masked or something. I don't like to know yeah, who they yeah. are until, you know, they're revealed. Yeah, yeah. Um, House, House Greyjoy. Actually, House Greyjoy is a character in the books. Uh, so, so Theon actually has three uncles. So his father, Balon Greyjoy. Um... Aaron Greyjoy, which is the, the priest. Uh, Euron, or sorry, Victorian Greyjoy. So he's like, they call him the Iron Reaver. So he's he's basically like, like a fleet admiral. 
mm-hmm. and he's such a like battle-hardened man. And he's oh, he's almost uh, you could almost compare him to characters like the Hound, the Mountain, Khal Drogo. You know, he's in like the upper echelon of strong alpha males. Um, and then there's Euron Greyjoy, which very very different in the books mm-hmm. versus the show. In the show, you know, they made him like this kind of crazy guy, but in the books, he's like a dark. Jack Sparrow, it's like uh, a dark okay. version of him, which is a lot more, I find more appealing. There's a lot more mystery to him. But Euron Greyjoy, the Iron Reaver, my favorite from House Greyjoy. Um, who else are we missing? House, House Tully. Tully. Oh House, yeah, yeah. House Tully. I'd say Brendan, Brendan the Blackfish, definitely. Yeah. Yeah. He seemed like that uncle everyone is kind of cool with. That cool uncle. Yeah. Are we missing any other houses? I think that's that's. As of right now, yeah, like the popular ones and stuff. Yeah, right? Yeah, yeah. All right. Well, we're going to take a very short break. So just bear with us, guys. Thank you so much. We'll be back. All right, guys. We'll be back from that break. Got my homeboy, Paulie, just came in. Say what up, though. What's up? What's up? What's good? Thanks. All right. So, uh, next couple of questions we're going to be asking my boy, Eddie Nysom. Yeah. Um, what would you say... Who would you say is your favorite Dire Wolf? Uh, I'd say... I'd say Ghost. Definitely Ghost. 150%. Oh, yeah. Great, you know, like all of them, all of them were great, and they reflected the the owners. But Ghost, like, he he was he was similar to John in the sense that you know he was he was always being overshadowed by by you you almost forgot that he had a diamond at times. Oh yeah, hundred percent. Real question is, where's Nymeria? I know she came back, and what, what was it? Season seven? Seven, I think it was. Season seven. Yeah, for like a minute. Yeah, she came with her, like, her pack, met yeah. up with Arya. Uh, yeah, I mean, you know, I, I think in the show, it was probably, like, some budget thing. Yeah, but, of course. Um, but also in the books, there's, uh, as as the war between, you know, the Starks and the Lannisters and everything's going on, um, reports are coming in that there's a huge pack of wolves being led by a giant wolf. Mm-hmm. And, you know, people are saying that that could be... And that's as far as they've gone in the books as well. So I guess, I guess the show did kind of stick to that. But since you know, we don't know what's going on with Nymeria, mm-hmm. they could only do so much in the show as well. So you can't, you know, you can't really give them too much flack about that. Yeah, yeah. Um, what would you say? Name some of the times where, like, in the show, where it gets really scary. Like, what was the, some of the scariest moments? Hmm. Scary moments. Um, I I wouldn't really say they were like scary, scary moments, but some of the like the more captivating, thrilling moments, I'd say, um, were were definitely like the dramatic moments. Like for instance, when um, when when the, the mountain when he comes back as a you know the the giant freak zombie. Yeah, and then uh, and then the the faith tried to take Cersei back away from the Red Keep and then you know the mountain stands in his way and he just 
throws the guy and rips his head off. Oh yeah. And then you know the the, the drumming. Mm-hmm. It was just it's set up perfectly. You know, mm-hmm. there's certain moments like that where um, it wasn't wasn't anything scary. I'd say, but some things that were so like suspenseful and and dramatic that just added a whole layer of like you know your your heart almost stopping. Yeah, yeah, one hundred percent. Yeah, those those were always the greatest. You know, and not just in this show, but like mm-hmm. in any media, anything that can you know hold you to that where you're like, man, what's about to happen? Perfect, perfect. Did you get the same feeling uh, reading the books and watching the TV show when it came to the Red Wedding? Um, like, did you, like when you were reading it, like you were like when you were getting to that part? I mean, so 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 I'll tell you both times, book versus show for me, my personal experience. So so with the books, um, me and two of my buddies were reading the books around the same time, and. Um, and so I remember my friend, he, he was kind of in like a depressed mood. Like he was, he was like kind of sad for a little bit and everybody was asking what was wrong. And, uh, and he said, you know, it was, it was a uh, girlfriend problems. Yeah. And uh, so everyone kind of stayed away from it. But then, you know, I was, I was really close with this guy. So when we were, we were going home, I was asking him like, so what's really going on? He's like, bro, I know you're the only one who would understand because no one else would. He's like, but there's this part in the books that I wasn't there yet. He's like, uh, there's this part in the books when, when you get to it, he's like, you'll know. Mm-hmm. I'm like, really, man? I'm like, that's what's got you down? He's like, trust me. Trust me. So it was about three weeks later that I read it. Mm. I read The Red Wedding. And the buildup, to be honest, like, it, it was like a normal wedding. Yeah. And it just came out of nowhere. It just hit you out of nowhere, unexpected. And I reread it three times. I'm like, this couldn't have just happened. Yeah, yeah. I'm like, what just happened? And then I, I threw the book... <laughs> and I called my buddy, the same guy, and I'm like, man, just pick me up right now. And we went and had a coffee, and we talked about it. I'm like, okay, I, I know what you mean now. Yeah. And uh, so that was the book. And then my experience with the show, we were in, um, this was back in Canada. We were in uh, Muskoka. It's about three hours up north from Toronto. And, uh, you know, there's not really signal out there because you're up in the wilderness in mm-hmm. the cabin. And we had cable, but the guy didn't have HBO. So we were trying to get HBO to stream that weekend. And I was telling everybody, I'm like, trust me, we have to watch this episode. And I knew it was yeah, that yeah. episode. And everyone's like, we'll just watch it, you know, because we always watch it together. And everyone's like, we'll just watch it the next day. I'm like, no, guys, trust me. I'm like, we'll watch this like now. And believe me, this is the episode we should watch together. But short story is uh, we, we couldn't get HBO. Yeah. And I told everyone, I'm like, okay, when you go home, don't, don't watch it. We'll all watch together. Mm-hmm. So I want to see everyone's reaction to this. Nobody listened. Everybody watched it on their own. Mm-hmm. I got messages and calls all day. <laughs> what happened? What was this? I'm like, I told you guys. I'm like, you know, don't. You sh- we should have all watched it together. But um, but because you know, I had already expected it from the book. Yeah. Uh, the show still kind of hit you because Rob's wife actually she she didn't die in the books. Mm-hmm. She wasn't there. He left her behind. And Catelyn tried to tell Rob, you know, bring her. It's going to slight Lord yeah, Walder. Yeah. But Rob's, like, insisted on her not coming. So, in the books, she's alive, but she's kind of irrelevant right now. I don't know if they're going to do anything with her because she's, like, a minor character. Yeah, yeah. But, uh, but in the show, I guess, for the book readers, that was why uh, Talissa died. And, you know, they stabbed the baby. Yeah. For yeah. shock value for book readers. However... 
it, it didn't shock me because I expected it. However, still that feeling of yeah, yeah. dread and seeing it visually is, oh my is gosh. you know, always different. Couldn't imagine. Yeah. When I uh, when me and Jill like started watching the show, we got to that part and we we're like, oh, the next episode's called the Red Wedding. We'll see. <laughs> And then, like, obviously, me and her didn't read the books or anything, yeah. so it was, like, fresh for us. So, like, everything happened. We were just, like, we were quiet for, like, the, for like 20 minutes. Like, even, like, after the episode <laughs> was done, we, oh, yeah. we looked at each other. We didn't know, what like, what to say. Like, yeah. we were seriously, like, dumbfounded. Like, did this really happen and stuff yeah, like that? Yeah, it just, it grips you and you're, like, this just happened. Like, they, they massacred everybody. The only other time I can ever recall, like where where something was so suspenseful, where everyone just uh, just stopped, um, off topic. But mm-hmm. I remember when The Dark Knight Rises came out, and um, and you know we're all in the movie theater, mm-hmm. and uh, and you know when you're in the theater, even though no one's talking, you still hear little bits of whisper, yeah, yeah. Uh, cell phones, yeah. you hear people drinking or eating popcorn and whatnot. But that scene when Bane broke Batman's back, yeah. And I swear to God, the entire theater just quiet. You couldn't hear anything for like a good solid 10, 15 seconds. Because no one could believe it. Like, you just break Batman's back. And and then, you know, you, yeah. you just hear the ruckus. Well, like at the time, like, like it was just real suspenseful. Yeah. Yeah, dude, they did a really good job. Oh, yeah, they killed yeah. it. They killed it. They did a really good job. Okay. Is there anything else that you want to talk about the Game of Thrones that we didn't really touch up on? Um, in terms of you know the show, I mean, I think I think what had happened. My thoughts on the show is you know it started off great. They had a lot of material to go on. Great cast, uh, big budget. It had everything you wanted in the show. However. You know, the, the two uh, producers, uh, David and DB, you could give them flack till the end of the year. But um, but ultimately, you know, I, I kind of do put the blame a little bit on George R. R. Martin because, you know, uh, for yeah, whatever really reason... Didn't finish the yeah, books, yeah. And, and, you know, you can't even say, um, you know, he hasn't been writing because he's released books uh, in between. So, you know, he was still working on other things. So he, he probably could have finished this by now. So so you know HBO and and David and DB did their best with what they had. Yeah. But whatever happened with season eight was season eight. But we just got to accept that that's the show. And to be honest, I could I could rewatch that show forever. Oh yeah. Including season eight. But mm-hmm. you know that that's just that. I I to me personally, I still think it's the greatest show. And that that's how I'll take it until something else maybe comes along. As good, but so far, Game of Thrones is, is my baby. Yeah. And the books, I'll be honest with you, I mean, I, I, I used to hate reading. And when I wanted to know what was going to happen, I started reading those. And then from there, it got me back into reading. So the books hold a special place for me. Yeah. Uh, overall, the story, incredible. I, there are other works that I do uh, love. Asimov's uh, series of The Foundation... Uh, uh, Tolkien's, you know, Lord of the Rings trilogy, and so on. But but Game of Thrones, I'd say, definitely, definitely has sucked me back into reading, got me back into the fantasy genre, uh, 
re revamped my already you know nerdy lifestyle scene. Yeah, yeah. So it holds a special place for me, even long after you know everything's said and done. Mm-hmm. All right, well, Eddie, I appreciate you coming here. Thank you for coming having on, me, sir. Coming on Hookah Talk. Thank you, thank you. And uh, you know, be on the lookout for new episodes coming out. You know. Yeah, got spinoffs. Another ten years, and the next book comes out. Maybe yeah. you know, we'll do another episode. Excellent. All right. Well, thank you so much, guys, for listening in, and uh, I appreciate you, all of you for giving me these six or seven views or whatever I get on each episode. Because again, these are just for the uh, nerds of Assyria. And uh, yeah, thank you so much for listening. This is Hookah Talk. Peace. Peace out, blood. <laughs>